Uh, hello and welcome to Unsafe Space. You guys are watching an episode of Deprogrammed. If you're new to our channel, Deprogrammed is a series that we do that specifically di dives into aspects of my old belief system, which I most often call social justice ideology, but there people call it all kinds of different things. Um, I'm joined today with my co-host, Carter Laren, and a special guest we're very excited about. Carter, yeah, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm well, Carrie. Thank you. Uh, we are very excited, actually, to talk to Buck Angel today. For those of you who don't know who he is, Buck's a world-renowned motivational speaker, pioneering filmmaker, and human rights advocate. Advo activist? I don't, did I say advocate? I don't know if that's even <laughs> a word, but whatever. We'll, we'll keep that in. Uh, his message of empowerment through self-acceptance and the mission to encourage everyone to be comfortable in their own skin, whatever that means to them, has struck a passionate chord with people around the world. Buck was born female on June 5th, 1962, he never felt female and struggled through life until he had the life-changing opportunity to transform from female to male and finally live life authentically. He has appeared on HBO, National Geographic, Netflix, The Tyra Banks Show, Dan Savage, AOL, Spike TV, The Women's Entertainment Network, Howard Stern, uh, Much Music, Sirius Radio, and many others, and Unsafe Space. Now, uh, he's <laughs> been written about in Forbes, Esquire, Cosmo, Vice, Huffington Post, L, BuzzFeed, The Village Voice, Rolling Stone, Time Out, Maxim, New York Times, and a whole bunch of other stuff. You can follow him on Twitter at BuckAngel, on Instagram at BuckAngel, on Facebook at OfficialBuckAngel, and uh, you can go to his website, BuckAngel.com. I think I got everything. Buck, welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> yes. You have a long resume. That is the, that's a very truncated version of your resume, by the way, uh, just for people well, who don't know you. Yeah, thank so. you. No, you know, I guess I, on some level it takes that for people to understand who you're about to talk to. Because if you see me face value, you're not even going to understand everything that you just said. So I have such a kind of sorted past on some level. So, you know, bottom line is, yes, I was born female and I became a man. And so that's where I stand today in the world. So, Buck, I, I was really excited to get a chance to talk to you. And thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, because I... I knew of you, so I used to be, I don't know if you know a lot about our show, but I was what I call a social justice warrior for about 20 years, and I made it sort of my purpose, and it was my purpose in life. I used my career, I used to manage comedians and uh, produce a TV show, a, a late night show, and everything I did was built around pushing this belief system that I thought was about ending isms, ending um, sexism, racism, transphobia, um, and I... I, I sold it. I was a good little mouthpiece for it for a, because I was a true believer. And then I sort of, I had this awakening and I, and I started leaving, transitioning out of that system of belief about three years ago. And it's funny because back when I was in SJW, you were someone I followed and I was a fan of yours, but I, I haven't really kept up with what you've been doing. Or And so recently one of your um, posts came across my feed one day and, and I was like, oh my gosh, he's not woke. Because <laughs> now I just default assume everyone I knew from my old life is woke. It's oh, become God. so predominant now, so dominant. So, so tell me a little bit about. Do you? Well, first of all, do you uh, do you understand what I mean when I say social justice ideology? One hundred percent, I do. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm completely fighting against that right now. So I don't necessarily. I think it's. Uh, I think that really social justice warrior people assume something that it is not. I think it's misleading what that label is, to be honest with you. 
How so? I do, yeah. Well, I, I think because I think what it stands for for me and what I'm hearing for you is creating a space in the world where we're all equal, social justice, right? And the warrior part, yeah, because we're really fighting. So in my idea, social justice warrior is somebody who wants to create a level playing field, wants to make sure everybody has an opportunity to create a space in the world. But I'm wrong. And so, you know, <laughs> I think and, and 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 I think a lot of people think that. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people think maybe they're getting into being a social justice warrior warrior and they realize it's actually a cult so you know that's that's where I come from I really am actually a little bit disturbed on what is happening with the social yeah. justice warrior movement well it's and were like, you it, always... it seems like it's going to be a good thing right it sounds good it right. it's it, it, it seems like it's good. a that's right. uh, I mean, I, I remember when I started getting introduced to the ideology um, on the LGBT side, I was having people educate me about, oh, this is cisgender and this. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. And like, I'm sounding smart and I feel compassionate and empathetic to use the new terminology. And like, aren't I like, aren't I a great person that I understand the difference between a, a cishet person and a non cis Like, oh, like I, I get it all. And actually, it's not empathetic at all. Nope. So that's the misleading there that, you know, I think that, you know, in a bigger picture, we're all looking at social justice. Yay, we all. But really, it turned into a cult. It turned into yeah. some angry mob. Well, clearly, Carrie, that's why you left, because you found some sense of something that woke woke, <laughs> yeah. woke you up. <laughs> but but it's actually I mean, I know I'm laughing, but I'm not. I'm actually crying yeah. right now. I'm actually really, really distraught and really upset about what is happening because it is not okay. And people like you, thank God that you're actually reaching out to people like me and we're finding each other and starting to understand how important it is to actually voice our opinions about this situation. Yes. So were you always, what was your trajectory? Have you, were you ever what, what, an SJW like I was or no? No, no I wasn't. So so really, you know, in a nutshell, where I came from was the pornographic world. I mean, that's really where I started my activism on. Some over 20 years ago, I created the I created the genre of trans male porn. Now, some people will be like, eh, that's disgusting and gross. But other people will be like, wow, that's kind of cool. Porn isn't for everybody. That That's just a side note there. But that particular space catapulted me into a space of being seen as a man who used to be a woman and a man who still has a vagina. And so on some level, I had to really recreate myself to the world 20 years ago, kids, this is not like now. I didn't have the tools that we have today. So I fought a lot against my own community. I fought against the world out there until eventually people started to hear me. And so I started to say, wow, people are actually listening to me. You people right there are listening to me who are not in my community or not. And I started to say, well, wow, why are they listening to me? They're listening to me because I'm just telling my story. And I'm just showing them how by having a sex change and by becoming this man, I have literally became a great person in the world. I'm 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 like like I'm just balanced on all levels. I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own businesses. I have my own life. I have kids. I'm married. I'm all this stuff that people wouldn't think me. I'm normal, I guess. Is the <laughs> Are you boring? Are you boring? boring. No. Really, but then I started to see this insanity of pushing back on me. You can't use transsexual. You can't call yourself the man with the vagina. You are ruining our community. You're make people think we're all into sex work. You can't use tranny. And I'm like, what? I go. I transitioned 25 years ago. You will not tell me. This is my space. So I started seeing this 
in my own transgender community. And immediately I said, wait a minute, I, this is bad. And they just little by little co-opted the transgender community and made it into this blanket umbrella term. Anybody can be trans. You don't need gender dysphoria. And I'm just like, okay, this is going to turn into a huge mess. And that really was the switch for me that said something is happening. And this was five years ago. I noticed this. Wow. That's when I think it started ramping up. So I was preaching it for 20 years, but I noticed that it it started permeating the mainstream and becoming a lot more controlling about five years ago, controlling language, like you said, in spaces that um, that were seemingly of these marginalized groups that the ideology claims to be so obsessed with with protecting, it started controlling the speech of marginalized groups. Right. And you know, something strikes me. Tell me what you think about this. It's just a you're watching me thinking in real time, so I might not get this right. <laughs> but um, a lot of my trans friends, just anecdotally, a lot of my trans friends, are, and and I wonder if that's maybe maybe that's because who, who, that's who I attract into my life now. But uh-huh. maybe it's because there's this anti-authoritarian streak anyway, because you've already had to buck buck against, you know, um, like a dominant yes. cultural narrative. Yes. Yes. Do you think there's anything to that? 100%. 100%. Hold on, I have to open this door because my connection is going low. But listen, 100%. Do you know, we call ourselves transsexuals for a reason. It's not just we're trying to go against anybody. And we just want to live our lives. We're not trying to just be. Then this community started telling us we can't be transsexual. We can't be binary. We can't be all the things we dreamed of being for our whole life. And I'm like, what? That is not where I'm coming from. So on some level, maybe they're hearing, they need, my community needs to hear people like you because there's people fearful in my community that are so scared to speak up. I mean, I don't know how I have big balls for a lack of a better expression, <laughs> but I do because I care about myself and I care about the future of my own self. I worked hard to get here. So when we have people in our own community literally telling us we can't be who we are, or what we've worked for, there's some... There, that In any community, I don't care whatever your community, what any community where you have people telling you you cannot be, you have to be this, I'm like, I don't understand this dialogue because actually there is no dialogue. There's only you have to be or you can't be part of this. Yeah. Do, I, can you maybe explain to people, because I think not everyone maybe understands the, uh, the distinctions here. Um, right. You know, to me, I look at it as an outsider and say, well, there can be no trans if there's no meaning for biological sex. But and, and but I think a lot of people on the outside assume that all trans, the entire trans community is united behind this radical trans element that's yeah. making these arguments. But I don't think that's the case. Can you talk about that for a bit? No, thank you. That's a great question. You're right. We are not united. We are. It's funny because sometimes I'll say, do you know the stuff that's going on too? You know, most of my, I have such a wide variety of friends and I'm like, did you know this is crazy stuff is going on in the trans community? They're like, no, I thought you guys all loved each other. I'm like, uh, no, it's probably <laughs> one of the most divided communities out there. It's insane. Oh. It like hates each other. Like the, 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 vir- the just the venom that gets shot out of people's mouth, literally telling me that they're going to kill me. I'm now found out I'm on like some hit list and some kill list. And I'm like, really? Am I that powerful? But that says to me, so so for the people out there, there is this, this divide in what makes you trans, where there was never that divide. We all knew you have gender dysphoria. You're born this way, but you feel this way and you fix it with medical and you fix it with, you know, with, with medical or, or hormones or however. You, and that's great. And then a new generation came in of non-binary gender. Non- and I want you to understand 
all of that is great too. I'm very for all of that. I'm for all expression of gender. But what happens is, is when you take out the medical aspect of it and you just put on this sort of self ID sort of cultural transition, you are now eliminating the people who need medical. I need it. I would not be here. I would have killed myself. I was suicidal. I was alcoholic, homeless, prostitution. I can tell you so much of my life where I should not be here. And I, am a, I really made it to this point because I cared enough to get to this point. So when you're telling people like me or young kids that you don't need medical or you don't need to see a psychiatrist or a therapist in order to find this space, that is a dangerous space to be in. Because now we have such variety of people who are transitioning. Some people don't transition like me anymore. They just call themselves trans men and they, and they have the same female body in the same space. And that's okay. But I am not that. So how can we all be lumped under one word, if that makes sense? We're not all that. Yeah. Well, one, you know, one thing we've talked about on the show a little bit is um, the impact this may have on regular, you know, you, you brought up kids, you know, the impact this may have on regular kids who would otherwise grow up to be just gay. Um, and, <laughs> and instead, they're like, oh, there's only one way to be yeah. like, oh, if you are not this, you must yeah. be the, the other gender. And there's no... Like someone who make a, a maybe a girl who who likes other girls, she's immediately mm -hmm. told she needs to transition to be a man without any psychotherapy, really, to speak of, without any exploration. It's just yeah. you must be a guy. Yeah. Uh, and yep. I I think we're gonna have a generation of of kids who would have been gay who are gonna be suing doctors. Wait, are you kidding? It's already starting. And that, and by my my friend, that's called indoctrination. Yes. That's what that's called. And you know what? I am not part of a cult or a space where you are indoctrinated into. That is scary. So that's why a lot of my community doesn't like me. I speak out against that stuff. Self-ID, okay, yeah, self-ID is cool. I'm gay or I'm trans. or But when it comes to the next level of hormonal, hormone blockers, you know, surgery. These are life-changing things. You, I could never go back to being a woman. I would be the ugliest woman in the world. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's, not to get personal, so that, but I, you, you likely yeah. can't have, you, you can't get pregnant, right? I mean, no, you, I have you, you've, everything. Yeah, you've been transformed in a way um, that's irreversible. And I assume you went through a long process of decision-making yeah. in order to, to come to that very important decision. My friend, back in the day, 25 years ago, it didn't even exist, right? I had to hunt for this. There were no, I was the first in Los Angeles to see a hormone doctor. He never worked with trans men before. He said, you know what, my friend, you're gonna be my guinea pig. He literally said that to me. I've never done this before. I've only done it with men becoming women. And I'm like, I don't have a choice. I was literally an experiment. At the same time, the same with my chest. Doctor said, I've never done this before. I brought this new surgery over. And I, you don't, at that point, I had no choice. But prior to that, I had to go to see a therapist for a year and then the therapist had to give me a note to go to the doctor some people will call that gatekeeping i called it save my life because i made sure that it was the right decision before i made life altering spaces and i can only tell you that that is the reason i'm a success and i've never ever looked back ever i've never thought right. about detransitioning or anything yeah. so what to get back for a second to the part about kids yeah. the, the other thing about um i think kind of pushing people into 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 like gay people into th thinking they must be trans is that it's also it's it's in elementary schools now to such a degree that one of my friends pointed out to me what happens when you are now telling children um 98 percent or 99 point something percent of which have 
it would never have had the question mm-hmm. before. You're mm-hmm. telling them that they should go through this mm-hmm. question and they should figure out if they are cis or trans. And and so can you I, I just thought that's kind of I, I don't I would think a trans person um, would say, well, I that that was something that was a struggle. I wouldn't necessarily wish it on other people. Is that the case or is that like that's so great. Thank you for saying that, Carrie. I say it all the time. We have a hashtag out there. Trans is beautiful. I'm like, wait a minute. That seems like indoctrination to me. Trans is not beautiful. It sucks. I wish to God I was born a dude. Still do today. But I wasn't. And here I am because I fixed the problem in order to be able to move forward in my life and not kill myself. That said, it is not beautiful. It is not a road of happiness. It is not going to change your life unless it's actually really a situation. And people hate it because I do say people are being indoctrinated, especially youngsters. You're telling me that YouTube full of millions, these kids have millions. Millions of followers, millions. And you're telling me that they cannot influence another kid. I mean, that's just a take trans off the table. Just take trans. Let's put another subject on the table, right? Let's put gambling on the table. Now, if there was five million YouTube kids out there with millions of followers and they loved gambling and they just started telling kids, oh, my God, gambling. What do you think would happen? Yeah. (laughs) It happened with, uh, do you remember when, uh, uh, I think we're about the same age. Do you remember um, eating disorders when it was on Ally McBeal, then eating disorders exploded. That's right. Because then people can kind of start to say, well, maybe my issues are due to that and kind of latch onto this thing. I mean, I think the same thing we've seen with cutting or other that become almost a social well, uh, it's a thing that makes you feel apart. I, I was a cutter. I talk about it all the time. I was a lot of the things the youth have today, right? I was a lot of those things. And then back in the day, they did say I was maybe a gay woman and not because they didn't have the tools. Remember 25 years ago when I was right. in high school, I'm, I was born in 1962. So in the 70s, we didn't even talk about I struggled so much in school. I got bullied because I was a little boy. I wasn't a little girl. So for anybody to say I don't understand is ridiculous. I understand on such a level that many of these people could never understand because I went through it when there was no internet, when there was so much bullying and stuff when you looked a certain way. Now, not to discount people's, everyone has a different struggle in there, but really the kids are my focus and the kids are being on some level misled to say, this will fix you. And that is not true. It will not fix you unless you're willing to come to meet it in the middle and figure out what the situation But they just think it's just going to fix them and they're mm-hmm. going to be okay and everything's going to be fine. And in fact, it's going to turn into a nightmare. Yeah, there, there seems Can, to be no nuance here. There's no like, well, you, you're having feelings. Let's explore them. Could be this, could right. be that, could be something that's else. Right. There's there's yeah. zero, indiv- there's no treatment of anyone as an individual. It's nope. just like, oh, oh, there's another recruit you know, walk over to door A and get an operation. <laughs> no, it's real. It's so scary, you guys. I'm I'm too old for this. I'm like watching it in horror. I'm like, what? It, why are people not standing up in my community? Why do I feel like I'm one of the only voices? I swear to God, I feel like that. Who's literally going against? You know, um, there's a new book coming out about uh, rapid onset gender dysphoria. Uh, Abigail Schreier, I think her name is. You should like. I'll send you the thing. Okay. But anyway, she interviewed me and she did her homework. I think it's called. The irreversible, da- irreversible damage. Amazon actually uh, won't let it go on Amazon. Yet, Minecraft wow. is on Amazon. Wow. 
Oh yeah, they will not. It's it, you, I'm gonna send you all the information. Her their publishing company is freaking out. I mean, it's insane. They're literally not letting it on the Amazon platform when they can't buy like ads. You know how you buy ads so your stuff yeah. comes up front? Nope, yeah. none of it because wow. they don't like. And I I was like, wait a minute. How are they stopping a book that is so important? It talks about rapid onset gender dysphoria. Why can't we have that conversation? Why is the trans community so scared of that conversation? That's when I went, boom, there's a reason why they're scared of it. So I need to talk. So Abigail interviewed me for that book. And I'm actually in that book, which is going to get me so much shit because I'm saying, why can't we have this conversation? Why are more girls, little girls trans? You know, more than ever in the history of trans are a shit ton, excuse me, girls transitioning to boys why and later then from what i recall about the research um and I, i'm not familiar with that book thank you so much i do want yeah. to read it um but what the studies i've read is is that with girls like you said rapid onset it's happening later in life it's not when they're very young and like you, the numbers have are just grown exponentially um, it is what jk it was what jk ron said she said mm-hmm. she even put it in her statement, the thing that got her transphobic attack like so insane. That whole thing is insane, too. Nobody's listening to her like yeah. nobody like, OK, maybe she did make some transphobic stuff, whatever you want to say. But the bottom line is she was saying a statement that she's fearful. The women are fearful. Why can't we listen to biological women? Why are biological women just shut out like they always are? And remember, I used to be a woman, so I know exactly what's going on here. And then I'm saying, wait a minute, you trans women are not listening to, to biological women and biological women are not listening to trans women. So nothing's happening. You're just everyone's a woman. You know what I mean? But biological women have an act actual real reason to feel this way and nobody wants to hear that like nobody ever wants to hear women women's voices are always shut out of the conversation and so i'm like i don't it's an actual real fear that they have and so the only way to get rid of fears is by having the conversation and trying to get people to understand what that means to be a trans woman yeah you know i I was thinking like not not to be cynical about it but if you were if you were the puppet master of misogyny right Mm -hmm. and you wanted to really screw women over Mm-hmm. You would start having every male you could claim to be female and yes. and take space away from women <laughs> and not allow women to argue back. <laughs> Gee, that sounds familiar. <laughs> well, we also thought it would be fun. Like Trump is caught. Trump is a big troll, right? We're like the ultimate yeah. troll would be if he just declared himself a woman right before he left office. <laughs> and then he would forever take that first female president title. <laughs> Yeah, they would excellent. have their brains would explode. Like, do we accept that he's the first female, or or do we reject it? We can't reject it. We can't accept it. Like, it'd be great. Oh my um, god, brilliant! Actually, brilliant. So a lot of people. To, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Carrie. I, I have a question for you. So uh, I saw one of your tweets today. I just love. You said, um, "I guess opinions are a thing of the past. If you disagree, you are labeled a traitor." twist words around to make your point because you can't have a discussion with opposing views. Yes. Good luck making change this way. I will continue to speak my truth, unfearful of cancellation. I love that. You are on my list of most courageous, inspiring people now. And I just wanted to ask you, what has changed for you? Because we talk a lot on our show um, with viewers, people who watch our channel who, and everybody I think right now is struggling, or a lot of people are, are contacting me anyway and telling me they're struggling with a fear of speaking up 
about any number of things. They're all related to social justice, though, in some way. And they're afraid of losing their jobs. They're afraid of losing friends and family. They're afraid of losing safety, of being doxxed. But but what we try to do and what we did today on our show, we talked about how individuals get over their fear individually and on their own timeline. So I don't judge people who are afraid and who are quiet. But I do always want to remind them that, like, I got over my fear. It took me about six months, but I got over it. And what my life is like now. So that's a big build up to ask you, what changed for you when you started speaking about this, like the good and the bad? So I was getting totally nailed by this community. Nailed. They were like, we're going to cancel you. I was on the ContraPoints. You know who ContraPoints is? She's like some big, yeah, yeah, sort of non-binary trans. And all I did was a voiceover. That was it. I didn't even, I wasn't even on it. I literally read something for 20 seconds and I, they canceled her and like freaked her out and they came after me and I'm a, I'm a, I'm everything in the book. They literally throw the book at me. I'm turf. I'm true scum. I'm racist. I'm sexist. I mean, I'm everything seriously. So then I was just like, wow, I, that's the, that was really a huge catalyst for me to say like, wow, really this is insane. It's like I can immediately thought of Frankenstein. <laughs> and you know in the Frankenstein movie when the whole town is coming after yeah. Frankenstein? Yep. That's when I saw my brain and I'm like, but wait a minute, I am not gonna do- bow down to this. These people are fake. They're on the internet doing this. I literally live in the real world and I'm not gonna let a bunch of kids, these are kids to me. And I'm just like, there is no way they're gonna disrespect me and the work I've done for this community for 20 years. So I just, I don't know how, I just said to myself, what's the worst case scenario, Buck, that could happen to you? And I said, well, they might not buy my products. They might try to boycott my work. They might try to do that. And then I said, and so what? It's just going to actually catapult me bigger and stronger because I know that when you say somebody's name, people Google it. So that's just the reality. I realize, okay, I'm going to use this in the opposite way. So I just said basically F you and I don't care what you think about me and I believe in biology and I transition and I'm a transsexual and I used to be a woman and I cut my tits off and blah, 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 blah. And they just went after me. I just blocked them all. I blocked them all. And that was it. And then next thing you know, I started getting people like you following me and people saying, wow, Buck, really, thank you so much for speaking up. And on some level, the people sort of kind of got behind me and said, we need, I can tell you, I get, I get DMs daily. Thank you. I can't do it, but thank you. Like literally every day. And, And so then I realized, you know, okay, I will be that catalyst. I will be that voice because I am, you know, the bottom line is this, I'm not scared because I almost died. So I'm not scared because I, I would not be here if I did not actually have my own life and my own convictions. And the only way I live my life is that way. I'm truthful, honest. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I'm all of those things. So all of it is a, an illusion. That's what I figured out. It's just an illusion. It's a lot of smoke and mirrors they put That's on. Right. Yeah. That's right. They try to scare you with these words that they created. And, you know, I've been I've been watching the Evergreen State College. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. I can't stop that. <laughs> I can't stop watching it. It's so well. It's riveting. It's like a blueprint for what's happening now. That's exactly on a wider right. scale. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I realize. So that actually gives me power too, because I realize, oh, it's a bunch of crazy little kids that we're giving power to. But can you explain to me why we're giving these kids power? Because that's the one piece I can't seem to fit in. I'm not sure why. Well, I think uh, I think it has to do with well, for me, it. It replaced for me. It replaced um, God, or it replaced a, any some kind of faith, and something from which you can derive 
um, a moral code. Now, Carter's an atheist. Carter believes in that you don't need to have a belief in God to have a moral code. And I'm a pretty new Christian and we both tolerate each other. But, <laughs> but, uh, but for me, this definitely became my system of good and evil. This is how I judge. And I got, I looking back on it. Yes. I got a sense of, I'm a moral upright person, maybe in the same way that people do from religion. And th these are the rules you need to follow. The difference is that the rules with, um, with this religion, they change a lot. Um, they contradict themselves a lot more than even the ones in the Bible do. They they are constantly con con and they're coming up with new ones, and they'll come up with reasons why the rule doesn't apply. Like when they say "shut up and listen to voices of color," well, not these voices of color, and here's why. You know, they they contradict yep. themselves, yep. but it gives you a moral code. And so I think what they've done is they've kind of um, we've talked about this a little bit before, but they've they've weaponized empathy. So once they get you to to they get you in, involved in this is like this is about protecting people protecting marginalized people and about being a good person and caring about people who are marginalized so once they've got you believing that that's what it's about and that's not what it's about it's not um but once you believe that's what it's about well then it's i think it's really easy for you to kiss the ring take the knee cede power to these crazy kids because <sighs> you don't want, you're so afraid of being called something you're not oh you're a racist and but they they rely on you being a good person. They rely on they that your virtue you. against you. Yes, right. If, that's you, exactly if you weren't that. a racist, that you wouldn't respond negatively to being called a racist. You would be like, right. "Yep." But they <laughs> they use your virtue against you. You don't yes. want to be a racist. You don't want to be a sexist. You don't want to be transphobic. You think right. of yourself as a good person, and so yeah. they can say you're these bad things that your own moral code feels guilty about. Uh, mm -hmm. Unless you do A, B, and C, and that, uh, I think that's very effective. Wow, it's like they were trained in the from the military or something. You know what I mean? They're like <laughs> they read something and they thought. Oh, they were trained. Started, they were. Tra I'm telling you, not only that, the trans community has been co-opted. I've been saying really? it for years. This is not the community I grew up in. I grew up in the AIDS movement. I, you know, all of my friends died of AIDS. All of, I have been in. in activism forever and that and that and that said i am this is not activism this is indoctrination this is shutting our voice down this is fascist this is all the things that are against what our community was really supposed to be about and it's like that's what i said today if you don't speak or toe the party line you're a traitor and they just just throw that card out constantly throw that card out at, yeah. at you and, and it's and like whatever uh, word works for you whatever so that's, word works. that's why you will get called a racist, a misogynist, a sexist, a like whatever, transphobe, turf. They will use any, any, if the word scumbag worked, they would use the word scumbag. Like it doesn't matter. They, it doesn't, it doesn't, the words don't have meaning. Yeah. They're meant for emotional impact. Um, yeah. And and they're they're just stones. They're verbal stones that they they know everyone else will see are getting thrown at you. And they're actually not designed. I don't think they're designed to shut you up. They're designed to shut everyone else up who is uh, oh. deathly afraid that they'll suffer what you're suffering. Yeah. They don't want that. Like, look yeah. at all the things we hurl at Buck. No one else better say anything that Buck's saying, right? We all yeah. agree. Pick up yeah. a stone, everyone. Hurl a stone That's at Buck, right. or we're gonna hurl stones right. at you. Oh my God, you're so right because actually even today I got a guy who used to be my friend, I thought, and like we really had, we're kind of on the same. He started 
throwing shit at me. I'm like, where's this coming from, dude? I'm like, wow, you're not even having a conversation with me. This is the most bizarre, literally out of left field. And I'm like, I see, you want to be attached to me so you can actually get yourself up there. And you're like, yeah, I'm going after buck too. So I also figured that out. These people are doing it in order to like make themselves. So I don't even like engage with them. That way it's just like crickets. Yeah, Yeah. it is a small minority of people, right? It's not actually a large... Like you said, no, it's not but the whole they, trans community. But they get the, speaking of Brett uh, Weinstein, the professor at Evergreen, who yeah. was at the center of that madness, yeah. he had um, a tweet the other day, and it was about a lesson plan that he he had prepared the day before everything erupted there. Mm-hmm. And in it, he was saying that if you look back through history at any, any kind of, I'm going to paraphrase it, so I'm not going to get exactly right. But if you look at, at history, there's four kinds of people. There are a very small number of people who hunt witches. And then there's a large group of people who join the hunt or support the hunt. And then there's an even larger group of people who stay quiet out of fear. And then there's a tiny minority of people who oppose it. And that tiny minority of people magically become the witches oh, that everyone's right. hunting. And so I was like, that. if you think about it, whether you're talking about Soviet Russia or if you're talking about the Salem witch hunts, mm-hmm. which it's it's that that large group of the third group, the large group of people who stay quiet. Those are the people that right now, I don't know about you, but Carter and I feel like those are the people we're trying to talk to. Like, oh, 100 percent. Those are the people yeah. I'm talking to. I, yeah. You know, I already know I have a lot of people that agree with me 100 percent. And again, I don't need you to agree with me. I honestly do not. I will not change my point of view. Biology is biology. And that's a fact. It's the reason I transition. I mean, it's just I, the fact that I even have this ha- this conversation. It's is 2020. So you shouldn't have to say that. I, I think that's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to have to say. <laughs> It's like we're actually discussing if biology is real. And so and I know I see the bigger picture. They're manipulating all kinds of shit. And they're manipulating in, in order so that they can be trans because now anybody is trans. But going back to Brett Weinstein, right? Is that, is that his last yeah. name? He's amazing. He's such a brilliant uh, person. But what he's saying there is so insanely true. Those silent people are the ones that are teetering on, they're not sure which way to go either, I think on some level. So yeah, yeah, you're in a space right now that if you say something and they see it, you you know what I mean? We can literally like say, hey, wait a minute, you don't have, I'm telling people every day, it's why I put myself out there. You don't have to be fearful. What are you fearful of? A Twitter mob? A bunch of mob? What does that even mean? And what does cancel, what, what does canceling mean? I don't even understand what it means. Yeah, yeah I've, I've been interviewed about being canceled and I just I I was interviewed about it yesterday and I was like, yeah, but I would never go back because you know what? I'm free now and say whatever I want. I don't care if I have to sell beads on the street corner to make a living <laughs> so that I can still do this podcast and say what I want. But like I, I gave up my career. I understand. I will say this. I understand. I've, I've been taught a lot of people in entertainment, just like people are, are contacting you and saying, oh, thank you so much, but they're afraid. So I've had in the past couple of weeks, now that this is really ramped up and become dominant in society, I've had a lot of old friends from entertainment who haven't talked to me in years who are now calling and wanting to talk to me and they're they're afraid. And they have, they have a lot to lose. I understand why they're afraid. Comfortable life, big paycheck, you know, status. But um, but I guess I guess at some point for me, it hit a point where I, I was so uncomfortable in my skin because I felt like I was I wasn't speaking what I thought was 
true anymore. And, and I, I couldn't live that way. It became the consequences of remaining silent became greater for me personally. And I think on a big scale became greater than than me speaking and, and lo- losing some things, you know. I'm sorry. Because they're all things that, no, 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 I love that. It means a lot to me that you say stuff like that because it really shows that you aren't empathetic. You have compassion for the future of this humanity. This stuff could literally take us out. You and I both know that. It can so ruin everything that has been built, not only in this country, but in the world because it is leaking out. I don't know if you know that. It's leaked out to other countries. I deal with the trans community. I travel the world and I speak to all kinds of people, mostly, mostly biological. You know, I use the word biological just to fuck with people. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't use cisgender. I'm like, you know, cisgender people don't like it when you say cisgender. I don't like it. Just like you don't like it when they call you a tranny. So like, you know, why are we not, why is it okay? You know, it makes me so angry. It's like, we have to do everything they say. But the minute we say, well, I don't particularly want to be called cisgender or I don't want to be called this. It's just like, you have to do it. And it's the most bizarre behavior. So I I actually always am pushing against that agenda just to kind of keep that screw in there. So they don't think that they can actually take over the world because I see it all over the world. And I see this language in the younger generation and I see how they boycott me to come to universities i was boycotted i think at that university evergreen or what's the other one portland state wow. yeah they wow. boycott totally and i'm like yeah boycott me i'm all about it again it's like listen to trans voices not that trans voice. Not that one. Like, That's the bad tranny. I'm the bad tranny. So you're not going to listen to the bad tranny. I'm like, whatever. I have a lot of people out there. And that's why they're fearful of me because people do hear me. And like, look at, I'm here talking to you because you heard me. And that's the most important thing for me is people to hear that we're, we are not all the same. This community is not all the same. And there's so a lot of people very upset about it. So you're saying that trans people are individuals? <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> you know, like you know something that. Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's okay. Go. I, I was just gonna say, you know, not not to bring us down, but something that's scary to me is that, uh, you know, we've been looking at the the Cultural Revolution in China recently, and um, you know, it was a it's a minority of people that are necessary to cause really damaging systemic change. And that silent majority of people who are scared, um, if they just remain scared and silent, I don't see that there's a lot stopping these radicals from literally destroying Western civilization. And when I say Western civilization, I don't mean, you know, the slave trade and all the stuff that they're talking about. I mean, the idea of people being individuals and having individual rights and like human rights being respected. That's a, that's a Western culture idea. And... Uh, you know, when I look out at this, and I, I wonder about your opinion about this, because when I look at the social justice ideology, it took me a while to try and figure out, you know, there's all these things they attack, right? They attack you, they attack Candace Owens, who's conservative and black, and they, they, they just attack, there's all these people that I attack, and, it, and I wasn't sure what they wanted. Like, what do you want? What do you, what do you want, guys? Uh, and the only conclusion that I could come to was the unifying thing across all of them was the destruction of Western civilization. Anyone that they think is going to help support Western civilization, no matter what your color or sexuality or gender, you're bad. Yep. And anyone who's a lo- like anyone who's willing to tear it down for whatever reason, 
It could be because you're a radical Muslim. It could be because you are a radical Marxist. You're on board. You're okay with us as long as we're all... How do you view this? Because that's the only, that's the only through line that I see personally. 100% on board with you. That's exactly what's happening right now. And, 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 and to control the, the environment, they want to get us into it. That's not what America, that's, those are not our values. Those are not our American values. Our American values are freedom, capitalism. I don't care if you don't like capitalism, then move to another fucking country. I live here. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not kidding. Like, I am no, not. No, I think it's great. Yeah, it's great. We live in a capitalist country, period. It's the reason why people come from other countries here. They, the opportunity is here. Okay, some people might have a more of a, a, a space to get into it, but more and more people are, are willing to help people who are in marginalized communities get to others. How do you think I am an entrepreneur? Not because I'm a, a rich white dude, I'm an old tranny. And I, <laughs> I literally used my space in order to find people to get behind me to create products. I own a cannabis company. I'm a worldwide speaker. How did I get like that? It wasn't just because I'm like just this white dude because I'm not. But my point being is they're trying to destroy that because for some reason they want to control and they don't think it's fair. But I don't understand why more people who are the silent majority are not standing up against this because if they they don't feel the fear like me and you do, I think, where if we – the uh, urgency, there is an yeah, urgency. There is an urgency, absolutely. And if we do not have – I mean literally, I'm, I mean, you can't see. My hair, my hair is standing up on my arms right now. Yeah. I'm, I've never been this fearful in my life in, in my own country, if that makes sense. So, you know, it's – I mean I was actually a little fearful during Bush administration, I'll be honest with you, because they came after the porn industry. Yeah. It was a bad situation. But that said, today, these people are worse than anybody that has ever, ever walked in this situation. And I, I really am at a loss for words of how they can, how did they get so much control over people? They utilize that social media in a way that I think that they just got trained somewhere. Well, I think, I mean, honestly, I think it's been, this has been a decades long process and it's begun in, it was not to get too philosophical, but like. It started in universities decades ago. I like to say, you know, we lost, we won the Cold War against the Soviet Union, but we lost the intellectual war against the Soviet Union. Ah, the the God. Marxists, the, the they they infiltrated our universities. We went and recruited people from the Frankfurt School, and that right. has been that has become you know, kids today. They don't know they don't know yeah. anything about you know what you just said. You think this country's about? They don't know that. They don't know no. the value of individualism. They don't understand any of that. They don't even know the history of communism. They know nothing about this. They have right. they all they have been taught to not critically think and to be ignorant of history. And so this leaves them wanting some god, as Kerry would say. And so the statists come in and say, Oh, the god is the group, the god is the state, the god is Antifa, whatever it is. This is the this is the thing. Let's tear down you know, the entire world is burning system. So are you familiar, um, Buck with Yuri Bezmenov? Do you know who that is? Sure. We, the familiar. Yeah. So he's this, well, they, for now they're still up on YouTube. There are these videos <laughs> of him on YouTube. He's a, he was a former KGB operative who defected in the eighties and he did a whole bunch of interviews that you talk about your hair standing up on your arms. Like when I first saw these, the hair stood up because he was talking about how, if we can infiltrate the universities, he said most of what we did in terms of espionage wasn't like the stuff you see in movies. He was like, we were infiltrating your schools because uh -oh. if we can if we can turn a people against themselves ideologically and have them censor themselves and have them destroy their 
foundations of society themselves, we don't have to come in with guns. And and he talked about moving into the schools. I know it's it gave me chills watching it the first time. He did a oh, lot of interviews about it. Um, yeah. I'll, but that's I'll check him out. Where I was, yeah. You're. I'll send you a link. Yuri Bezmov. Yeah. I. But I was indoctrinated into it. You know, when I was in it twenty years ago in college, it was called. Um, well, I, I was a women's studies minor. Now that's um, a, oppressive. It's called a gender <laughs> studies now. <laughs> um, let's, eliminate, let's eliminate women again. Let's eliminate yeah. women again. It's upsetting to me. I hate it. Yeah, I hate but it. I was women's studies minor, and I also did a lot of the critical race theory classes, and all of the foundations were Marxism. But, you know, this is a little repetitive for Carter because we talk about this a lot, but I wasn't told, I wasn't told that this was – and I took a lot of the queer studies – even though we read Marxist thinkers and they were the foundation of what we were talking about, I never learned about what Marxism was itself. I only learned about Marxism in relation to this new kind of Marxism that's about identity and power instead of being about uh, instead of being about class and money. It's about right. and but and so a lot of the people preaching it. You said how did how did it become so dominant? We were trained to be activists in school, not to not to learn how to think, but what to think and to go out and change the world. And so all of my cohorts were doing the same thing as me. I went into comedy. I went into entertainment to push my ideology. But, man, they were doing it. My friends and former friends, a lot of them um, are doing it in entertain. They're doing it in media, journalism. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. teaching. They became. They went mm -hmm. into academia themselves. There you go. Um, there you but go. Yeah, it's, it's been brewing for decades. It's wow, just that it's now. so scary. You know. You know. Uh, going to entertainment. My my partner is in the entertainment business, and she's a filmmaker. And she, you know, she's a pretty big filmmaker. And so uh, some of the companies are just like, we will not touch anything trans. They literally told her that. We really? Will not touch it. Yep. Why? They will not touch They're fucking scared to death of getting nailed by the trans community. <laughs> oh, not, oh, we're not getting it right? Exactly. Like, so unless you're a trans person and understand that, you cannot make a trans film, nor can you hire any actors that are not trans. Uh, for example, they're literally ripping apart every movie that was ever made. I don't know if you remember that movie, Boys Don't Cry. Yeah. That yeah, that was an amazing film. Hillary Swank won an Oscar. It literally put trans men on the map. They These academics, whatever you want to call them, are tearing it apart, saying it's transphobic. It's, I'm like, that movie was made in 1999 <laughs> when yeah. half the kids weren't even born yet. And that movie did catapult our vision. Yeah. It did. It's a, and it's a true story. It's not so 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 my point being is that even in the entertainment world, people are scared to death to tell the stories, to even be associated with transgender movement because unless it's with transgender people, write the stories, produce the stories. I don't know, did you see the new Netflix thing called Disclosure? No. no. What is it? It's a new show about the reason why trans people are the way they are is because in media, we've always been sort of exposed, which is true on some level, as the clowns, you know, or the men that dress like women and blah, blah, blah. But they literally go in and tear apart, boys don't cry, and transparent. Two of the things that were so important to the visibility of the trans community. And yeah. I, I don't I don't understand. They're just not moving us forward. They're somehow blocking these identities or these voices that need. To, uh, basically, it comes down to individuality. They don't want it at all. They don't well, want it. This yeah. is one of those examples of like the their ideology. Um, it always does the exact opposite of what it claims to be doing. So, you know, I think this example that you said is is 
I mean, beautiful in a horrible way. Like it's it's a it's a perfect example of this of you know, we claim to be helping the trans community and we're doing that by causing movies about trans the trans community to not ever be viewed. Um, right on. And that's how they do with everything, right? We're we're going to help yeah. race by not allowing movies to be made about or whatever it is. Like whatever it is, we're going to help this community by ruining what what little uh, visibility the community has, we're going to ruin it. We're going to make everyone afraid of interacting with this community because they know we've got a pile of stones we're going to throw if they misstep just even slightly, right? right. By an innocent misstep or something we decide later is a misstep that wasn't a misstep at the time. They're really right. good at historicizing, right? So they, yeah. they look at something that happened, uh, you know, literally 200 years ago and they judge it by today's standards and right. suddenly the statue needs to be torn down or whatever it is. It makes no sense to me. But then again, okay, well, I guess fascism and Marxism and all of that stuff. Right. <laughs> it's happening. Yeah. It's literally happening yeah. right in front of our eyes. <laughs> I'm glad you I'm glad you're calling them fascists, by the way, because this is one of the again, in in the in this spirit of just being the opposite of what they say, right? Mm -hmm. They they claim mm -hmm. to be fighting against fascism. And and you know, that's it's uh it's just, it's so bold of a lie. It's such a ballsy lie that no one believes they could possibly be lying that much. It's like, wow. Like, you are, no one would be that ballsy. Like, they can't be that ballsy, are they? Yes, they are. They are that ballsy. They are, they are fascists. Well, it's like their new word, anti-racist. Anti-racist oh. is, they, they, there's even a video about what's the difference between being not racist, which they view as bad. <laughs> they view that as bad, not racist, versus anti-racist. I'm like, I can actually tell you the difference. Anti-racist is racist. Yeah, that's right. the you use for your racism. But but you call it such a bold name. It's like back when the, in the, the Republicans used to do this when they would name things really well. So you could, like, no child left behind. You're like... How could you oppose No Child Left Behind? <laughs> like, they're good at naming. It's marketing. I'm a marketer. I built my whole platform on learning how to market, and I understand marketing. And on some level, they're marketing themselves in a way that's just like, this is, I mean, it's just so insane to watch people cower. Literally, they're, they're like, they can't even have a conversation with these people because they're, they use all the same rhetoric over and over again. If you go against them, you're transphobic. If you're a woman who doesn't believe trans women, you're a turf. If you, they literally have made, I'm a true scum, by the way, which means that I believe in medical transitioning. I was going to ask you, wait, what's what, true is, scum? what is that? Yeah, it's some weird ass children's fucking fairy tale crap that they make up and they make, make up these words. A true scum is a person like myself who's a transsexual person who believes in the medical gender dysphoric transition. Oh. And these people are saying that what I am is wrong and that this isn't real. And I'm like, but I'm standing here right in front of you, dude. What are you talking about? <laughs> that makes me think of um, uh, the Scum Manifesto by Valerie Solanas. Yes. I'm like, there's yes. A, it brings that to mind, which yeah. Society for Cutting Up Men was yep. what that stood for. Yep, totally. uh, that's I mean, so it's just all these radical things all over the place. And it's like, you know, people are getting tired of it. I'm telling you. And that's why your show, I think, is really very important, because I do think people are looking for these spaces to start to have actual real conversation. Like I, I always tell people, I don't care if you have a different opinion. It doesn't matter to me. You can have a different opinion. But what I do care about is the fact that we're all part of this situation, mm -hmm. not just some. And you, even though I'm not on board, this whole new, all white people are racist. 
I take offense to that. That is not okay to say. I mean, I'm not going to tell you right here, I'm not racist. I'm not going to say it. Do not push me in a space to say I'm not racist. That's not okay. And so I don't understand this idea that all people, all white people are racist. White is violence. I mean, they're literally throwing all of this this insane, horrible rhetoric and meanness at what are we supposed to do? Just cower down and be like, you're right. I'm a racist. Like, that's just ridiculous. Well, the, the truth is the emperor has no clothes when it comes to these <laughs> ideas, right? Like they're actually, they, they have this, uh, they have this patina of, of legitimacy because they have academics who support them and yes. they'll, oh, well, you need to read Robin D'Angelo, then you'll understand, right? right? Uh, yeah. the, the, there's, but all of those academics, they're just charlatans. There's nothing actually underneath anything they've written. They, I mean, Carrie, what was that passage you read the other day from, uh, it was uh, in... Was it in Coddling it Judith- the American Mind, or was it in the other one? Was it in Douglas Murray's book? Uh, it was. A, it was a Judith ba- Judith Butler passage, and yeah, I had to read Judith Butler in college as part of my women's studies degree. But he quoted just he just took a sample paragraph, and it and it was a run on sentence that was a huge paragraph that was just gobbledygook. It was in Douglas Murray's Madness of Crowds. He quoted it, and yeah. and it. But I think what that's designed to do is, yeah, like you said, the emperor has clothes Carter. It's, it's designed um, to intimidate you intellectually. Yes. Yeah. But, right. but those words don't mean like an actual intelligent person can look at it and say this is nonsense. But but people <laughs> right. I think who are a little bit more um, sensitive about how smart they are or something they they're like oh it's like me with I used to be with postmodern art I would go and be like. I guess I'm just not smart enough to get how pulling the stuffing out of a teddy bear is like art. <laughs> right on. <laughs> the art world. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> but it's related. It's actually, yeah. I actually think it's very related. Yes. It's very related because it's True. their goal. They need to turn off your critical mind. And so any yes. bullshit they can get you to uh, accept, mm-hmm. it trains you to accept more bullshit later. And like, What's the harm in accepting the bullshit that, you know, splatters of paint with bits of sandwiches on them are modern art, like our great art and worth $50 million? Like, well, I guess we'll accept that. And then pretty soon you're accepting the idea that all white people are racist. And then later yeah. you're going to accept the idea that they all need to be sent to re-education camps. And then later you're going to be accept the idea that, like, actually they should be put in this, you know, the camps should have fences around them. And, like, that's where this goes. That's where this goes. No, I say it all the time. When you when you stop Abigail's book, right, because you th- th- supposedly don't like the – they said they didn't like the cover or the title, Irreversible Damage. I can give you titles of books that are pretty gnarly that are on Amazon right now, my friend. So how dare – it's obvious what they're doing. They're literally banning a book. They're starting. And when you start with one book, I don't even need to tell you, kids. You know exactly what's about to happen. And I cannot believe that we're standing by. I don't care if you like the book and I don't care if you disagree with it or not or agree with it. It is an important book that needs to get people can make their own choices and read it and say this is trash or read it and say, actually, this is really important. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me let me ask you to get back to your story again, because I'm curious about. So what are since you started speaking truth like what you believe to be true fearlessly um what are some uh positive things that have happened 
oh wow so i mean many more positive things than negative i'll tell you that right now because i really can't i really pull, pull, put myself in a positive space i already know the negativity is just negativity and all that does is eat you up so by just knowing that those people are not going to have any uh, opportunity they're not going to have a discussion with me i literally block that in on some sense of, of of the word of blocking i just don't engage with them so yep. the great things that have happened to me is that i have people reaching out for me to write a book I have people reaching out for me to write lots of op-eds in lots of big papers and lots of big spaces. Oh, nice. I have people wanting to hear my voice. Prior to that, I got hooked up with major corporate organizations all across the world. They fly me all over the world, and I speak to huge major owners of airlines, owners of major billion. I literally sleep. I have friends who are actual like billionaires and love me and think what I do is so important. I can leave us talk with men biological men crying and saying, wow, that was the most, because I've been given this gift of being able to tell my story to the outside world. That's why I don't work within the trans community. It's like, you know, basically you're just preaching to the choir on some level. Or, you know, it's like, I don't need to be in that thing there. It's a bubble. It's a total bubble. And so I literally get to walk the world speaking and telling my story. And those things happened to me when I started being truthful and honest about who I am. I'm a man who has a vagina. I used to be a lady. I live my life this way. It's real basic. It's not, I'm not mm -hmm. like, like, this is who I am. And I'm comfortable. My body's naked all over the world. They created a sculpture of me. I had a, a, a guy create a sculpture, a big famous artist. And it's Has it been museum. torn down yet? <laughs> right on <laughs> it's in a museum of art in adelaide australia bought oh, it for like awesome. a million dollars oh and it gosh. sits in the middle of the museum in the classical art section and there i am naked to the world and it gets every time people walk in and they, they said it's our number one thing that people come and ask us about they think it's a fake person it's a life-size sculpture of me naked and it's like people are like what is this but there i am educating the world through art so, so many amazing things have happened to me. And it's, I think, why it's given me sort of a space to say, I don't care what you think about me, because other people do want to hear my story and my voice. Yeah. Well, yeah. now that you've said where that sculpture is, though, uh, it may not survive. <laughs> I may try it. That would be awesome. <laughs> you, know, you know, something that struck me that you were talking about when you were saying telling your story is, um, so, you know, I, I, I'm old enough that I grew up remembering the religious right and the religious right were the, the they, they were the, the, the entity that um, anyone who was, I'll just say, classically liberal-minded about social issues uh, was afraid of, right? They were telling you who you could have sex with and who you could marry and how you could be in a certain ways and you, what you could watch and what you couldn't watch. And it, it was very oppressive. Um, and, and, and they were the enemy. And, um, and I look at this now and, uh, I think actually what's happened is the, the very people who used to fight against the religious right, the, the ACLU, for example, <laughs> um, that used to be the, the, the institutions in society that we could rely on, um, to fight against that oppression have also now become oppressive in their own way and they're actually shutting down like when you can't tell your story because your story is not the trans narrative that they want out there which right. is very similar to uh the religious white would similarly not want you to tell your story because they don't right. want anyone to relate to you they don't want any kind of empathy for you you are an aberration and you're not supposed to exist and they don't want anyone to know about that and the same is true for the radical left now which leads me to wonder um, are we going to end up between a rock and a hard place where there's just two forms of authoritarianism and that's your choice? Oh my God, that's the scariest thought ever. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I hope not. 
I really do. I want to be able to make choices that are bigger than that in my life. It's why I live in this country. You know, I moved to Mexico for 10 years after I lived in New Orleans and Hurricane Katrina hit, and I saw destruction at such a level. I'm from LA, we didn't, the racism at such a level that I was actually like, wow, I cannot live in this country. And I left the country for 10 years because I was just totally blown away by what happened to the people of New Orleans. It was shocking and horrible and our country should be embarrassed about that. But that said, coming back to this country after living in Mexico for 10 years, I'm like, we are so behind on so many things. People think Mexico was a third world country. Uh, uh, no, it isn't. They legalized gay marriage before we did. <laughs> there, there are so many other things. So that said, I, I think what you're saying is a possibility. And it's why we, as a collective of people on the same thought process, need to start speaking out. We need to, to hit the people out there who are scared to speak out and start saying, if you don't speak out, these are the things that are going to happen. I think we need to start lighting a fire under the people who are the silent ones who aren't sure which way to go to let them know that if this seriously, that we, I don't think people understand the, 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 the actual uh, space we are in and how if we don't start to talk about this, it's going to actually take us out. It is. It's going to take. I feel like my life is threatened. I think that's yeah. how I feel. I thought your life was threatened by Trump's existence. Uh, and, uh... <laughs> well, you know, whatever. That's a whole other story. <laughs> so you know, I, I call myself go... left, and I don't even think I'm that anymore. I just don't. No, think the left so. has changed, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still. I... Go ahead. I'm Kerry. still. Cla- I mean, I'm a liberal. I still uh, identify or call myself liberal because I'm policy wise I keep going through and making sure I'm like am I crazy am I still liberal <laughs> and and but most of my policy positions are still liberal and my belief in individuality and equal rights and free speech is that's all those are all liberal principles it's just that the left is changed so much it's become authoritarian that I had I I did leave that authoritarian part of the left but now I've noticed since I've left it's just become so dominant and it's like sucked up almost all of the le- like even people who call themselves I see people but who call themselves liberal, who support censorship and like send out petitions to get people canceled or like to get the book pulled, uh, you know, they would be totally be supporting taking a book off of Amazon. Yeah, and, I know they would. And, yeah. and still think of themselves as liberal. And I'm like, that is not, you've That's gone not. way past liberalism into something else, dude. Like, so but see, they co opted that. They co opted, they're co opting all of these spaces. And literally, to, that this is not the transgender community. I'm telling you right now, it's an umbrella term. And I saw it coming yeah. five years ago. Then they put 500 different definitions under transgender so anyone can be transgender. I'm like, you guys, you're making a very big mistake here. It is going to so throw us into such a bad. People are detransitioning. Do you know what detransitioning is? Yep. That is a scary space when a child who's literally said I'm trans and four years later goes, oh, my God, I made the biggest mistake ever and I have hair on my face and I cut my boobs off and they're 20 years old and they had a hysterectomy. Now, how are we letting that happen? That's mutilation beyond belief. It's child abuse is what it is. And and we we recognize that kids can't consent to a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know how suddenly they can consent to literally permanent life altering surgery. Uh, yeah, I'm speechless because look, it's not that I don't want those children. I have a lot of kids under me. I'm tra- they, they call me Trampol because I am <laughs> this guy who really feels passionate about letting kids get to my space. I want kids to be like me. I want kids to be a badass and take care of themselves and create their own businesses and walk the world. But they're not going to do that because they're being misled in a way that says you're trans. That's OK. Nobody can question you. Not even your parents. Do you know that? Not even your parents right. can question you. 
I mean, I've never heard of any, but that's indoctrination right there, indoctrination. And I will not be a part of that. I I refuse. Yeah. It's uh, sad. sad. It makes me sad. Really, it does. Because these kids are, you know, I'm going to (laughs) cry because, like, I was that kid. And if I didn't have the opportunity to be this guy right now, I would not be here talking to you. And when I see those kids suffering and then they're being misguided to say all the things they're saying, they're being misguided in such a place that's going to be so damaging for them, more than the trans stuff. It's going to be so damaging for them because they're not going to get out of that space. And they're going to be stuck in it forever. And they're going to end up either killing themselves or becoming alcoholics and drug and all the things that could have been relieved and done if they would have gone through therapy, had a structure. There's a structure in place for a reason so that you don't make that fucking mistake and then turn around and say, why did I do this? And kill yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I cry for those kids. I don't me. I'm done. I'm, I'm totally great. But when I see this indoctrination of young youth in a way that says you're basically going to be screwed if you join this thing, it just it, I don't even know. It's just killing me. It's killing. Well, me. It, and it and, you know what it's evidence of? It's evidence of um, how I, you know, again, Carrie was talking earlier about using empathy as a weapon. It's evidence of how little actual empathy exists in this entire movement. Because if you had empathy for any of these kids, there's no way in hell that you would whimsically or capriciously suggest life-altering surgery. Um, That's right. It's also not compassionate or empathetic, by the way, to tell a child who actually has gender dysphoria, who you've you've figured out that, like, this is a real issue and this is the right trend. Like, that's also not empathetic. But um, it is, you know... It's uh, it they just they completely lack empathy, and it shows you that the kids that they're using the kids as tools to push an ideology, not because they have any empathy for the children, and that's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because when I think of that, I think of war, and I think about how they gave kids bombs in war and told the kid to run into the hut and blow shit up. Yes. You know, they they use kids all the time for these, and they're doing the same thing here. And every time I say it, they're like, "You're transphobic. You're a turf." I'm like, "Wow, really?" Do you hear me? These children are in danger. And and why would anybody stop a child from seeing a therapist? Why? Because that means to me that you are scared of the truth. I was going to say, because they're afraid. That's why. Right on. Right on. Right there. Yeah. You know, not not to get. Yeah. 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 Also, I I think a lot of. For the kids. I sit here for the kids. It doesn't matter. I need for everybody to know that. I sit here for the kids because I don't want those kids to become ruined. They'll be ruined for the rest of their life and they will not have a happy life. It's so disgusting. Anyway, yeah. yeah. It, it really is. And, you know, you, you're you thinking of the kids that they get bomb strapped to them. I, not to put a horrible image in your head, but I, uh, Ayn Rand once wrote an essay about called The Comprachicos, and it was about the Spanish, um, basically, circus owners who uh-huh. would kidnap children or buy children and mutilate them intentionally so that they could become freak shows later for the circus. Um, and that's the image that I get. I see these SJWs use these kids and they they don't care. This is, we're gonna make them freak, sh- we're gonna make them a freak show because we're gonna get the power and the the credibility that we want out of the freak show. And if they kill themselves when they're 23 because actually they didn't want that, well, you That's know, right. too bad, right. we got ours. Oh my God, you're so right, my friend. It just kill. It's my, it makes my stomach like- uh, It's disgusting. 
It's I disgusting. Also, well, I see people using kids, uh, a lot of parents, it seems to be almost like a trendy accessory now that wins you virtue. Oh God, yes. You yeah. Go. You're like, you oh, my child is trend. Oh, and it, and putting the kid out there publicly and on public forums and photos and, and it's, it's, um, it, it, it's it's like virtue signaling, but with using your child to do it. Like the woman, oh, did you see that picture of the woman who, she the mom took a picture of her daughter, a little white white girl bending on her knee with a sign that said privileged, and it was pointing at her face. And she oh looked my up, God. And her mom posted, she was like, my daughter knows she's privileged. Like, I'm like, wow. Like, you just wow. did that to your kid wow. to get some likes on Facebook? That's exactly right. And I'm telling you, I say it all the time. Why do these celebrities are celebrating their trans kid. Did any celebrity ever celebrate their gay kid? I never see celebrities saying, oh, this is my gay five-year-old. This is my gay 12-year-old. <laughs> never have they done that. Yet, here is my little trans kid. Look at this. He's a, it's disgusting. And if uh, I just can't even believe we stand for that shit. Who do, I would never, I have a kid. I would never show my kid. Ever in a million years will I show my kid to anyone. We'll never see his face, never know who he is. Never in a million years. Because it's not okay to do that. It is not okay to put your child in a space that says, look at me, I'm a parent. Or look at me. You know, and I just, I, I think it's really disgusting and I think it's wrong and I think it's child abuse. It's exploitation, absolutely. And yes. they don't have, the kid The kid can't consent to that. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. This is just anecdotal, but I'm wondering if you um, have seen the same experience. Uh, in the... In the in the world of I'll call it like the sex positive world to just like draw paint it with a large brush right um, the people that I've seen that parade around their trans I'm gonna put trans in quotes because they're like eight right <laughs> the, the the people that I see that parade around their trans kids they're all heterosexual cis to use like they're all biologically yep. whatever gender they express none yep. of them are trans it's all and 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 it's and there's and there seems to be a lot of like look at me look how look how positive and accepting I am here's my little eight year old who is now the other gender. It's really shocking. I mean, I have no, no I, I, it, it makes no sense other than that people want likes. That's the only reason why, yeah. you're right, it is non-consensual. That eight-year-old child might not want you to tell everybody they're trans. What happens when they get to be 15 and now they're a teenager and you told everybody they're trans and they got to go to school and maybe people are not cool with that. You know how the percentage of trans people are in the world? It's like 0.5% of the right. whole world. Yet here we are talking about the power of this community. How are they acting this way? It got co-opted into this movement here. The trans thing got co-opted into this whole other fascist Marxist bullshit that's happening on some level to be part of this movement. It's not the whole movement, but it's a part of the movement. And so people are using it in a way to say, look, trans people are this. Trans is beautiful. I hate that so much. Trans is beautiful. <laughs> Well, I mean, Carrie and I talk about this a lot on the show, but I think the 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 thing to realize about the social justice crowd, if if we paint them with a, if we have an understanding that their their kind of unified goal is the destruction of Western civilization, the way that they achieve that goal is by infiltrating organizations and movements and changing right. the purpose of those movements to spread their ideology and doing that yep. primarily through creating division and infighting between groups, which just tears it down because, you know, 
instead of us arguing about like, hey, uh, let's have a conversation about how there there's disparity between the elites and everyone else and or police brutality in general. Instead, we're having a race war or, or fighting each other on on a level that really doesn't need like we're fighting amongst ourselves when the actual oppressors, to use that term, are, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, you know, they're posting some Black Lives Matter, Matter crap on their website and, you know, selling some That's merch right. and like, they're fine. They're fine. That's right. Brand That's cares. A- yeah. The yeah brand, right. Brands care. I was going to say, yeah, along those lines, um, what you're talking about in the trans community where there's so much infighting and toxicity now, that happened in the third wave feminist movement. So I came into SJWism or this ideology through the feminist angle and I also kind of and then because of intersectionality then you start to learn oh critical race theory queer studies you know all these things and how they're all connected you get indoctrinated into the whole umbrella of SJW belief but I came in through the feminist door and the same thing happened and this happened about 10 15 years ago where it just a lot of feminist blogs started rising to prominence and gaining a bit of a popularity Mm -hmm. and then all the different feminist bloggers just just constant infighting accusations of you're not as oppressed as me i check off these other marginalized boxes well i check off these and it and it completely it was it was one of the most toxic places up until that point that i had ever been was wow. this movement that I thought I was in for good intent. It was like, this is suffocating. It's so people are so hateful towards each other. And, um, and then I saw, we've seen it replicate everywhere since then. You, uh, are you, have you followed the SJW, um, wars in the knitting world? Do you knit? But <laughs> <laughs> Did you just ask him if he knits? <laughs> I mean, and maybe I should take it up just to no. get into the group. I want to get into the group. <laughs> well, it's there. It's all over the knitting. I mean, it goes in any community uh, or church or organization or company. Once it takes over, yeah, it like subverts the original purpose. Everything took over the atheist groups, fighting. right? The atheist Everything. groups got infected. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the atheist groups too. Oh yeah, they fell apart completely because uh, because the social justice warriors infiltrated the new atheists and tore it apart. Uh, wow. Just like it's doing oh. with churches now. Churches have much bigger target, so it's going to take longer wow. to really destroy it's Christianity. All the church, a lot of the churches now too. But it's I know you would never th- would you have ever never, thought in the nineties that the Southern Baptist Coalition would start issuing statements on systemic oppression and using all these never. Marxist terms? I was like. Wait a minute. (laughs) I grew up Baptist. I'm not religious. I'm an atheist too, but I grew up Baptist. So I completely, I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm speechless. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so I'm like. Sorry, go ahead, Carrie. I was going to ask a, maybe it's an uncomfortable question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I think you can handle it. Uh, You know, I've talked with you now for, I don't know, a little over an hour. Um, I'm wondering how much, and and by the way, you, your career is is partly built on your image as a trans man, right? Right. Yes. How much of your personal identity is tied up with you? You're a trans man, and that's very very important. And how much of it is just you're a dude, and you've got a lot of things, and one attribute is that you're trans. 
Right. So my trans identity is nowhere in my life at all. I, I'm a dude. I actually, what I like to say is a sex change. It's old school language, but I use it in order for people to understand. I literally had a sex change. I wanted to be a man. I felt like a man. I lived my life as a man. All my documentation says male. I was one of the first people to get my birth certificate, not amended, but actually changed. So my birth certificate says that I was born male. They stopped doing that after 9-11. So I got one of the things that, so if anyone ever argued, I'd be like, nope, dude, I'm actually a man. So that said, no, in my life and everywhere I go, I'm male. I literally live as a man. I never, I only use my transsexual identity as a means and a way for people to understand my story. But other than that, I walk the world full on male. I never like walk up to people and say, hi, how you doing? I'm a trans guy. <laughs> well, so this is why I'm asking because I feel no, like this, I, this, this ideology wants yeah. your, your sexuality or your gender to be the number one defining feature about you, and what I see just, again, in talking to you for an hour and 15 minutes so far, roughly, you're an entrepreneur, you're a dude with a beard, you've got <laughs> some companies, you're a speaker, you're an activist, like, yeah, you've got a past doing lots of different things, but I, the, when, when we're talking, it's not apparent to me that the essence of who you are is necessarily a, a trans man. Um, but it seems like that's what they want the essence of every person to be. It's their, their identity as a whatever marginalized group it is. No, that's 100% right. And so, you know, I do my talks with the kids every day on Instagram. I just do like a little pep talk to help the kids move forward in the world for the day. And so one of the things I say is, you are not trans. Stop it. That is not your identity. You kids are all just like, I'm a trans guy. That means nothing. It is a part of your journey. You are a mailman. You're a, you know, whatever you are. You're a doctor. You're a lawyer. You're Joey, who's a doctor and a lawyer and 26 years old. And you, and I really try to push into these kids' head to stop identifying with your trans experience. It is just an experience, a small part of your experience, the whole point of view of transitioning. It's why I told you it's co-opted, because the situation is we we are transgender, meaning we never felt comfortable in the gender we were born in. We needed to change that gender. We had to move forward and live in the world as men and women. That's the whole basis of being a trans person, is to walk the world in the gender you always felt you were. You want to be, yeah. Yes, that was, that's the basis of it. They co-opted it and made it into, everyone's trans now. Trans is beautiful. Come and join us on this side. I, I equate it to when I was a kid and I joined the punk rock you know, bands and I hung out with the goth people and I did all those. It's just the same kind of thing. It's a yeah, it's a fashion. And and I'm going to tell you, people will rip me apart for that, but I don't care because the situation is this. we There's too many kids saying I'm trans. They're not saying I feel this way, mom, but they're saying, hey, mom, I'm trans. You see the difference? Identity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly right. Trans is an identity. Transsexual is you uh, is is who you, it, tra trans is an actual identity now transsexual is a medical condition it's gender dysphoria yes right. see this happened to me as a woman once i got indoctrinated into this in college so yeah. when i was in in elementary school and high school i'm thank god i didn't i've said this before carter knows it but i didn't grow up in a school where i was assault constantly assaulted with things saying like Girls can do math too. Girls can do science. Because if I had been, I think I might have questioned, well, do people think we can't do math? Like right. I it would have soaked it in a little bit. And I and I just always assumed, of course girls can do. And I went to I got into a science and math high school, um, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And um after that, you know, like I I would not have I don't know if I would have ended up where I ended up if I had been constantly 
told because you're a woman, blah, right. blah, 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 blah. Right. And, and so then once I got to college though, is when I did start, that was when that messaging took over for me. And I, it, it stayed with me, Buck. I'll, when I was in entertainment, the entertainment world, I would go into rooms and I would automatically in my head be like, well, they're already thinking this about me because I'm a woman right. and because I, you know, and it, and it, sometimes maybe they were, but mm-hmm. other times I was putting that on myself. Yeah, that's right. It, it became all about identity as a woman. Right. And it's weird because since shedding that belief system, I have so much confidence now. I don't walk right. into a room like, oh, they're all men. So they're already magically thinking this because I'm yeah. a woman or they, you know, it's just, it, I don't go in as a woman. I just go that's in as right. me. That's you know? right. That's what I try like, to teach the kids. You're just you. Like, that's me too. I have a lot of confidence, if you didn't know that. I'm very confident <laughs> myself. <laughs> I'm very, I can, I can walk the world without worrying. I don't care. People stare. I'll go to the men's room. Okay. <laughs> so I use the gym all across the world. And I'm not embarrassed of my body. As you know, I don't have a penis. Yeah. So I literally take my clothes off, go to the gym, like inside the, I take a shower. Dudes lose their shit. <laughs> it's so powerful. They're like, uh, like they can't stop staring. And then I just literally go, oh, it's a vagina. And they're like, huh? And I like, <laughs> and I have the conversation and like literally the dudes are like, wow, dude, you're so badass. Never have I had any guy ever say to me that you're a freak, get out of here. Never, because I literally walk in with confidence. So I guess it's the same thing with you. You walk in with confidence and you say, it doesn't matter that I'm a woman. I'm making myself. So the trans people are actually putting that on people. I'm trans, watch out. You know, they already go in with this idea that you're going to hate them because they're trans. And so they've been told this idea that everybody hates you in the world. And so they're already going with this sort of like pushback to the world. Yeah, it's a built-in kind of um, right. you're, you're questioning yourself and you're automatically at a disadvantage because you're going in assuming yeah. that you're this oppressed identity. Right. And and yeah, I don't know. Can, yeah, can, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot there. A lot yeah. of layers. Yeah. Uh, along those lines, can we talk about actually that? Because I, I hear you guys both saying like they put this they put this on you, right? Which I which I agree with. Um, I, I want to share an experience and see if this is. I'm really curious as a as a. I don't even want to call you a trans dude, but I guess that's what everyone. Fine. <laughs> uh, uh, if if you've seen this, so I I've been. I my politics basically hasn't changed for twenty some odd years. I've been a libertarian basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in minor changes, but basically the same thing. And twenty years ago. Uh, there were the people on the right who I adamantly disagreed with about things like gay marriage. We've you know, talked about that and that kind of stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. But we agreed on some economic issues, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was the people on the left, what was called the left at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were right with me on like no wars and gay marriage and all that stuff. We just disagreed on some economic stuff, basically. And what I've seen over time, and maybe this is just my perception, is that the obviously the left has gone crazy authoritarian but but the republicans i mean the republican party is horrible but a lot of the the younger generation of republicans they seem to actually be a lot more socially uh liberal and accepting and i'm wondering if like when i when i when i see you and how you're received generally and i see um blair white and how she's received it seems like Actually, your allies are much more often on what's considered the right side of the aisle now, uh, which just seems like a, a massive shift to me because it's like, 
they used to be the ones that are very moralizing and against you. Is that just my perception? Is that wrong? Like, where do you where do you find allies? If we no, my friend, you are actually right. <laughs> I have to like it's hilarious to me because it's like it just doesn't make sense. My logical mind is going, but this doesn't make sense. <laughs> You are so right on. Like most of my followers are a little leaning towards the right more and a little bit more like understanding. I guess on some level I'm a conservative thinker on some level. You know, I believe in some conservative spaces, but I would say I'm, I lean more towards liberal. But that said, because I think I'm so direct and I'm about capitalism, I'm about entrepreneurship, I'm about creating your own space, which could kind of go towards the right a little bit on some level. And so, and that doesn't bother me. And you know, my parents are hardcore Trumpers. Can you imagine what I have to deal with? People are always like, I can't believe you're friends with your parents. I go, like, really, people are like, you should never speak to them again. I'm like, oh, yeah, that'll make a good world. Like, at least I have the opportunity to sit with my parents. They get to see me on a weekly basis. We get to sit around and talk about politics, which is not easy, let me tell you, because they're very cut and dry that way. And they're hardcore Trumpers. But I get to explain to them things about why this is not good. And on some level, little by little, I'm, I mean, my parents accept me. And they're hardcore Trumpers. They are so amazing to me they, they love me they think of me of what i've done as amazing stuff they're proud of me they introduce me to their republican friends you know what i mean so so on some level people need to understand you can't just say all people on the right are these crazy blah, 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 people yeah they whatever i'm not into the whole trump thing but you have to give people opportunity to be individuals first whatever they're thinking whatever they do does not necessarily make them a bad person so most of my followers are leaning towards that way now i think of more of, more of the right but kind of maybe more middle that way yeah that's fascinating have you noticed that's fascinating. well it, what what i have you noticed that there's an overlap though between part of the right that maybe the new right or whatever and the actual progressives i'm not talking about social justice words i'm talking about people like jimmy Dore, yeah. people who are actually still anti-war they're anti-identity yes. politics and yes. it's weird because I can listen to, I've mentioned this on our show before, but I can listen to a Steve Bannon podcast and a Jimmy Dore podcast and they're intersecting on a bunch of stuff. Yes. And, they have like, and you're like, whoa, that must be where the truth is. The part where they're like. <laughs> no, but it's real. That is where the truth is right there. We're all seeking. Where, where is that space? Because <laughs> I want to get, but you know. I know we're we're make, we're doing all this and we're making fun and we're scared and we're all this, but I do believe in humanity. I do. I've witnessed it. I like I said, I've been to Malaysia. I've been to scary places in the world where they, when I was there, they were like literally taking. Uh, oh my god, it was horrible. They were literally killing like ten trans women in in the street there in front of everybody. So my 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 point being is, I do believe in humanity, and I do believe that people will start to realize that we are on some level going to sink the. Ship is going to sink unless we all start to understand individuality is an important part of a collective of people that create. We all have an ultimate goal. Every single one of us here, we all want to be free, want to be able to do the things we want to do. But what's happening right now is it's taking away our, 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 our own opportunity of free thought. These people are taking away our thought process. And I think people aren't understanding that that's what's happening. They're just going because they're making fear for us. If we don't join the Black Lives Movement or we don't talk about how all white people are racist or we don't do this, then we are those people. 
They've yeah. manipulated the language into us feeling that way. And I think that that to me is the scariest part of how we are easily manipulated in our thought process and forget about really what what's your own thought. Do you have your own thought process? And people are losing that on some level. Yeah. Well, because when you control language, you can control how people think, right? So, um, yeah, and, and they control, they're very obsessed with controlling language. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking, Buck, one of the things that that's, might make it easier for you to see, because, you know, I, you're showing like my skin's crawling or my, my hairs yeah. are raised. I'm, <laughs> I'm scared, right? Um, I think that that fear, though, I think part of what makes that possible is that you've been to places where you've seen just how far humanity can go and it becomes something that's actually possible and i think for a lot of people if you were to say oh this is the cultural revolution in 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 america this is the second this is just like china's cultural revolution this is a, this is a new cultural revolution if you were to say that and if you were to say things could get violent and if you were to say like this is this a lot of people will dismiss that because they've had very comfortable lives it's it's so foreign to them the idea that that could happen here is so foreign and i think it maybe takes some experience abroad or with in other situations to see that actually this isn't as impossible as you feel like it is yes i told you know i so i say all the time i i have experience so i tell these kids you can't tell me i have experience more than any of you kids who you tra you weren't even born when i transitioned so not to say that my space is more important than yours or i know more than you i know different things than you do yeah. and i have experiences everything you cannot take that off the table experiences everything and i experienced the slaughter of our people across the world i experienced racism i see it in spaces i experienced racism in our own country i experienced all these millions of things and I bring them back to the people so that we can have these discussions and say if we do not get on the same page these they'll be marching us down the street here and cutting off your hair because that's what they did to those trans women they literally cut their hair off in the street and hung them yep. and this is 2019 when this happened and it's not you know it's not 50 years ago so you think that yeah. people that care about trans rights would be out in these countries uh, thank you Thank you, my defending friend. those people the same as they, the people that claim to care about gay rights doing absolutely yeah. nothing for gay absolutely people absolutely not women that's or, or women, women. <clears throat> oh and the women thing really gets my goat <laughs> because the situation is yes biological women are being thrown under the bus and they are being not there's people taking their seats in government there's trans women who are just knocking women out and you know i don't think that's okay these trans women come from a male space they were literally socialized as men most of them have lived half their life as men so they're coming to the table in a different mindset than a woman who was raised a woman mm -hmm. and i don't know why people can't understand that and i don't know why well i have my thoughts on that why the discussion won't happen and it's like no wonder women are fearful of their space it's a safe if you've never well, lived as a woman you don't get to have the conversation that's what i think yeah. well, well there's no discussion think, to be had that's, that's not right a, they don't want that's a discussion right. sorry Carrie, what, what were you saying well i think everybody well i i will disagree on that just a little because okay. i do think everyone has a I want I I, I want to live in a world where everybody can voice their opinion, but yeah. I don't want to uh, give value to opinion based on how yeah. oppressed uh, what what how many oppressed group boxes you check off. Oh, to be like, clear, I wasn't like, saying you shouldn't have a discussion. Oh, I, no, I was no, saying no. they don't yeah. want a discussion with you. Yeah, they don't want it. They That's what I'm saying. I wasn't yeah. replying to you, Carter. I was replying to Buck oh. about how women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Sorry. So just, hey, as a man, can you stop talking? <laughs> I need, excuse me, I have some more mansplaining to do, so uh, give me another five minutes, Carrie, and then you can on come back show, and make I your get, point. I get to speak 20% more than Carter to make that. <laughs> right on. Uh, we, we joke about this. He, then he always says, no, well, I identify as a woman in this segment, yeah. so I'm going to talk more. But, um, but no, what I'm saying is that it's just that they give value to they give value to identity more value than should be given, and they give value to personal. I give value to personal experience too, but it's not the only thing I look at. I also look at your argument: is it logical or not? Like, what is your argumentation? That's really important. That's that's more important than just you know my aunt. Well, I feel this, or this is my lived experience. All of those things. There's a variety of things you take into account when you hear someone's opinion, and um, and so yeah, with with the with the women thing, it's like um, women in sports, especially. And I saw you had shared a picture of yourself, um, and it, you were in track or cross country one, right? Yeah. And um, that one just blows my mind because we are we are. It's it comes back to the fact that they're trying to pretend biological sex doesn't exist anymore. Right. That's Because they're just. Just so if they were saying let's get rid of gendered sports and just have no men or women sports, just sports, and then okay, I get it. I, I could, it, I may not want to do that, but I can get on board with that because at least it's it makes sense to me. But to That's say right. no, we're going to continue to have male and female sports, but we're going to let you just choose which one you want to be in. I'm like, but you, there are all kinds of biological differences on average yes. that you're going to see yes. that have more to do with just whether you with hormone treatment you know it's like body mass and i don't know that oh one my blo- god there's so many things like i said those women when i ran when i was you know in high school 17 years old and that was in 1978 or some shit i ran against ussr i was an actually top athlete wow. and so yeah and those women came on like bam <laughs> they look like <laughs> me they literally look like me i was like they had uh, some supplements huh <laughs> Yeah, no, just a little bit. Like, literally have mustaches and, like, I mean, they had, like, packs and, like, I was like, what? This is not, they would slaughter us, just slaughter us. It was like a, it was like a joke. But that's, that's why I posted that picture. And I said, look, you need to have a reality check, people. I don't care. It has nothing to do with being trans or not trans or biological. This isn't, sports is about fairness. It's about yeah. competition. It's the reason why you have weight classes. It's the reason why you have all these things because it's supposed to be a fair space. I was an athlete. I know. I'm not saying trans women aren't women or whatever, but we need to make a level playing field. Do you know that guy? His name is Zuby. Z U B Y. I was just gonna say, yeah, you should talk to Zuby. <laughs> yeah. he, he pulled that shit, which was so brilliant because it's like I'm a woman. I'm gonna nail this whole thing, and, they, and he did it. And it just showed the the, the the ridiculousness of just you know coming in and battering women, just slaughtering. All the time slaughtering all the all the records slaughtering and that's just i'm not i'm just not cool with that it's just not and it's weird to me that trans women won't have the conversation they just shut it down they're like we're women that's it yeah yeah yep. you know uh, um can i ask you a question about your your you seem to be in i'll say a set of industries not one particular industry yeah. but you're in a set of industries that i would imagine are particularly hostile to anti-sjw sentiment um, but, and yet you've said, oh, things have been better since I've fought this. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you, can you talk about whether, are we wrong about what the, uh, sex industry, like I'm using that like very broadly, sure. but like you have, uh, I think you have uh, sex toy and, and lubricant companies and you've been in porn in the past. Like you're mm-hmm. in this space where it seems like. 
they would lynch you pretty quickly for not being a social justice warrior. How are how do your colleagues like? How does that work? How do they, how do they respond? actually no? It's the opposite in the sex industry. People don't pull that nonsense at all. Really? At all. Oh no! It's it's so. When I first got into it twenty years ago, they they were freaked out because <laughs> I was the first ever in the whole world of a guy like myself creating porn. People in the whole industry was they were freaked out by me. They would not talk. It was horrible for me. It took me three years to sort of make my space in there. But that said, no way. It is a pretty open or open space now. They pretty much bring in everybody. There's a slight part of it that's called queer porn and they're all about at all about that social justice stuff so i just stay away from that and my my customer base for my products and all that are pretty much kind of like guys like me because i made products for guys like me who just want to be men but don't necessarily get the bottom surgery so i made like you know masturbation tools where they could feel more masculine and things that that help them because they're not getting bottom surgery so no that i would say the sex industry has been extremely good to me so it's remained liberal in the classical yes. sense of liberal. That's yes. good to know because yes. I knew it was liberal in the classical sense of liberal. Yes. I just assumed it went off, the, you know, into no. la-la land just like everyone else. No, because you know why? <laughs> it's based on money. Nobody <laughs> 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 cares about anything in the sex industry about making a dime. So no, everyone's pretty much on the same. We're all just kind of like making our business and making money and trying to find our space in it. <laughs> well... I actually, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, what are you currently working on? And how can people, just remind us how people can follow you, get in touch with you, and any, Carter laughs because I like to end it on a positive note, but any positive message for people (laughs) listening that you want to impart? Yeah, right on. So first off, thanks again for letting me have a really amazing discussion because I'm all about discussion. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to move us forward. So I appreciate you guys very much. So um, mostly I'm working on writing my book right now, which is actually a really difficult thing for me because I'm more of a public speaker than a writer. So writing is a gift. So that said, I'm trying to work on that because I think it's the time really and for the youngsters mostly. Uh, and then with that, with that, I have a cannabis business and my cannabis business is really focused on the LGBT community and really helping to create jobs and to create a space economically for people who are not necessarily going to be a part of that situation. That's growing fast. Cannabis is growing fast. It is like, it's like the next level. So luckily I got my hand into that. And then, and then other than that, everybody can reach me on Twitter, Buck Angel, Instagram, Buck Angel, and Facebook official Buck Angel or my website. And I'm very, very reachable. So anybody who really wants to have a conversation, I will have that conversation with you. Well, Thank you very much, Buck, for, for joining us. It's been a pleasure to, to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again soon. Good luck on your book. Yes. And uh, I encourage everyone to follow. I know some of our followers are a little more conservative. Follow Buck. You'll like Buck. And uh, the actual <laughs> liberals, uh, you'll love Buck. So there you go. <laughs> and we have a couple of SJW trolls who follow us. We do. You follow Buck. Like <laughs> you know why do you have to be such trolls like just have a conversation yeah. you can hate follow him too right on <laughs> thanks for watching if you're new to the channel we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy so go check it out If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate.
You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 97.8% chance that these are all rushing bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. It is courageous and honorable to repeat the talking points of corporate media. You are so brave. That last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.